One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Since 2013, Bombus has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com/acast and use code acast for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com/acast code acast. The Race for the Ring, episode 113, The Narcissist Net, with Liz Hartshorn. Welcome to The Race for the Ring, the podcast about dating and embracing self-love and inner confidence. I'm your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, two-time author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and soon-to-be psychotherapist. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In an age of online swiping and in-person meetups, I found the world of love and lust has been a confusing place to be. So each week, we will chat with a different dating king or queen, socialite, or relationship expert, and explore the many facets of dating today, and come up with our clear plan on how to find the finest fish in the sea. Ready, set, go! Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. I have a MB and associate for you today. My newest addition, um, junior publicist, recent graduate of the University of Delaware, and former writer for Delaware Today Magazine, Liz Hartshorn. Um, she had shared with my assistant, who she incident- incidentally, I would take a pregnant pause, is also the producer of the show, um, and she shared with my assistant assistant Danielle, who is um, with her other hat, the editor of the show, um, a little bit of information about her love life. And I happened to overhear some of it um, making a coffee a few weeks ago and said, you need to be on the show because she has had not one, not two, but three recent cases of dealing with narcissists. So I'm calling her the narcissist net because she sucks them all into her net of love. Um, but anyway, not to make light of it, it she's had a lot of um, trauma in the love life department in terms of emotional trauma um, and has learned quite a bit. So I thought it would be really cool to A, have her on so you all can get to know her like I know her and also learn from her uh, missteps and mistakes. And sh- she shares a lot of actionable information about what she's learned along the way too. So I am excited to introduce you to Liz. Hi, Liz. Hi. Welcome to the Race for the Ring. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. So for everybody who isn't aware, Liz is my producer. And Parker and Max, as you now hear on cue, are her associates. 
Hopefully, Danielle will hear them and release them from my office so we can carry on with this fabulous conversation. There we go. Uh, I like to keep it in because it just adds to the chaos of my normal life. So everyone listening can know what it's like to be Mindy Barnett. (laughs) Anyway, so everybody listening, Liz is my producer. She's also the newest member of MB and Associates. You joined us right after college. You graduated from the University of Delaware and you did a lot of writing for Delaware Magazine and some other places, Delaware Today Magazine, I should say, and some other um, amazing outlets. She's very talented. And as luck would have it, I stuck her on the show because (laughs) I heard about her um, love drama, which we'll get into in just a moment. We're calling her the narcissist net because she attracts and catches in her web of net. Like you go Mm -hmm. crabbing and they go on a net or you go, you know, fishing, fly fishing or whatever that's called when you just fish (laughs) with a net. She catches the narcissist. She's looking mm-hmm. for them high and low. Just kidding. Um, yeah. She does catch them. So we're going to get into some of that. So anyway, um, what do you, um, before we get into the show, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, everybody listening. Um, okay. Well, I'm 21. I'll be 22 next month. Um, just graduated. Wait, when's your birthday? September 21st. Oh. Yeah. Wow, to like, celebrate. Yeah. Okay. Like the Earth, Wind, and Fire song, September. Oh, yeah, that's my, my favorite. That's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's my birthday. So, yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, just... birthday. <laughs> yeah, that's oh, my yeah, birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's you so know. funny. All right, go ahead. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, so just graduated. Um, note, I've never had an official boyfriend ever in my life. Just narcissists, right? Yeah, just like mm-hmm. little, like, I guess we would call them situationships in this time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't easy. Like finding someone who wanted to commit like wasn't easy, um, especially in college. I feel like I'm a Gen Z, so this generation it's very like one and done oriented. If you know what I what mean. What do you mean by that? What do you mean by one like and the done? one night stand sort of oh, thing? Oh, they just um, like looking for a hookup. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. My cousin, who's younger than me but has kids older than mine, um, his kids once actually going off to college, and I thought it was interesting. She's not had a boyfriend in her whole college career, or her, sorry, her whole high school career, and and neither did his son for that matter, who's even older than her. And I was like, wait, why? You know, when they were going to prom. I'm like, are they going with like boyfriend, girlfriend, things like that? And they all, he's just said that they just tend to hang out in groups. And that's more like they hang out as a group friend, like a friend group thing. Mm-hmm. And then I guess they sort of like couple up, if you will. Not them. I mean, that would be incest, yeah. gross. But like, you know, with other <laughs> with other people. And yeah. I mean, is that typically what you're finding as well? Is that sort of the norm in yours? And that wasn't what it was like in my generation. We did have like yeah. girlfriend boyfriends. Yeah. I mean, like in college, like I feel like that kind of happened, but no one would actually like date officially, at least like with my friends. Um, yeah. But a lot of girls I knew that were in sororities because Greek life um, people say it's not big at Delaware, but honestly, like it kind of is. Um, so if you're in a sorority, you kind of only hang out with guys that are in the fraternities. So like a lot of the people that were actually like together were from like the girl would be in one sorority and the guy would be in the fraternity that they would Mm -hmm. hang out with the most. Um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't in a sorority, so I never really like got to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's kind of how it was at my school and with my friends. 
Okay, so let's get into some of your love history. Let's peel open the banana, um, and as opposed to the onion, which is not uh, always the nicest vegetable to talk about. And we'll get into some of what transpired in your love life. So um, guy number one, he's still the one that's sort of in your life, but like you don't want him yeah, to be in your life, right? We're going to call him Brett. Can we call him Brett? Sure. Okay, yeah, so tell he, us about Brett. He still lingers, um, yeah. unfortunately. Um, like, yeah. like, like the COVID um, long hauler. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay, go ahead. So yes. yeah, we used to be friends. Um, I was still trying to just be friends now, but he, you know, has a thing for me, which you know, I when we first met, which was five, what, like five years ago now. I you met him in high him. school. Can you yeah, share I met with him every, in high school. Tell everybody like the backstory. You don't have to okay. get into every like every minute detail, but just yeah. color it in a little bit so people well, have an idea. Yeah, we worked together at a store um in my in my hometown for mm-hmm. a summer and that's where I met him. I think I was I was 16. Yeah. So it was I was going into my senior year. Um and we were really good friends, but he had a girlfriend at the time, so of course I didn't want to like overstaff anything. Um, but when he broke up with her a few months after we became friends, um, I kind of felt like we liked each other, but it wasn't really like set in stone. We never really talked about it. Um, and then I finally said something and was like, Hey, like, I like you. Like, what's the deal? Do you like me? Like, what are we doing here? Is that how you said it? How'd you say it? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I texted him. That's awesome. I mean, like I I texted him. I just, I'm a very straightforward person, especially now. That's good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, and he was just Guys like like that too. I think that there's a misconception that girls try to act like, you know, they want to be the one person that are being pursued. And I have to say, I'm actually guilty of that as well. But um, doing this show, I've come to find out from interviewing a lot of different experts in the dating space that guys do like when girls are bold and kind of like put their best foot forward and yeah. reach out. So that yeah. that's good. Okay. Well, so you reached good. out, you put your cards on the table mm-hmm. and then what happened? Yeah. Well, he decided to do away with the cards. It was just like, we're going to college soon and you know, we're not going to be around each other. So there's really no point. Um, but I still want to be like exclusive. Like I still want I don't want you to talk to anyone else. I, I'm not going to talk to anyone else. That's what he said to me. And I was like, okay. like, then What's the point of that? I, you're not, there's like zero know. point. There's no point. Okay. But this is just how it works sometimes. Okay. okay. Um, and when okay. I was stupid, when I was stupid 17 year old and. Yeah, just, no, I understand. Yeah. Love is blind. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, like it got to the point where like we were going to prom and he denied my prom invitation because he went to a different school. He just was like, oh, I'll let you know. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. It's my prom. Like, what do you mean? (laughs) So. So who'd you go with? I just went with my friend. I had a great time, honestly. A good guy friend? Yeah. yeah, Just like stress-free, you know? Yeah. Um, And then... So this guy, we're going to call him Brett. Yeah. So yeah. Brett went to a different school. He went to a private school um, mm-hmm. in the area. Mm-hmm. So he then didn't ask me to his prom. He brought a freshman from my high school, a freshman girl from my high school. That's to his awful. Prom. Yeah. So that was a little confusing. And confusing? That sounds really hurtful. Yeah. You- I mean, yeah, I was hurt. It was. Did you confront him? 
Um, I'm, I don't think I did. I don't think I did confront him. I think, I think I told his friend that I was done and that I was upset. And then I think yeah. I just like cut him off, ghosted yeah. him, as we would say. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I definitely. Was just over it at that point, I was like, okay, there's no point in even having a conversation. So yeah, I cut that off, and then we didn't speak again until a year later. And then a year later, the you know. So this was the flipped. summer after your freshman year. After my freshman okay. year of college, yeah. Okay, and you um, got re- we reconnected because you were both home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And he he now wanted to date me, and I said no just because a I didn't like him anymore because of what he did. I kind of got over yeah. it. Yeah. And b. Yeah. I was struggling with like some family stuff I had going on. Um, mm-hmm. So I didn't have time to like do all that. So I said, mm-hmm. I told him that. And he, instead of like being understanding, he told me, oh, the only reason why you don't want to be with me is because you probably like someone else. I'm like, no, that's not why, but okay. Like you can tell yourself whatever you want because that's mm-hmm. what they do. They want to just. Mm-hmm. Well, they I can't don't take reje- they don't take rejection well. They no. have to yeah, yeah. They don't. And it's like he has no empathy. Like he doesn't care about my feelings at all. Like it's just like what he wants and that's it. Right. Um, exactly. Because you're more of a possession and supply for right. him, obviously, to kind of make his ego feel good. Yep. Yeah. 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 So yeah, so I I rejected him and then still to this day, he tells me like I'll always love you. You were my first love. And like, you know, the whole So he's the still whole pursuing you? This is your now done school. He kind of yeah. was in and out of your life for the last like three years of your college career. Yeah, because yeah. I felt bad. I We did have a good friendship and I wanted to continue that, like not only for me, but for him, just because I felt bad. And like, we were good mm-hmm. friends and like, you know, the least you can do is, is just be civil and be friends, especially when we're in the same friend group. Yeah, and he really took advantage of that, especially recently. He's tried to sabotage other friendships I have with other guys, and you know, for attention and out of jealousy. Um, and so now I'm just completely like, okay, we're not even friends anymore. Like I'm done no, with you. He sounds like he's like not completely well. Yeah. No. Yeah. And I I'm done dealing with that. So. <laughs> Is he talking yeah. to any other girls? Like, is there any, uh, do you know? He is. He, that's he, the best thing that could happen to you is if he got a girl. No, and I, and I know. And like, I told him, I told him that he tried to like, tell me all this stuff the one night. And I was like, you should pursue her. Like, you should go out with her. And he was like, well, I'll always love you. And I'm like, okay. Oh, he's probably telling you that then to hope, in the hopes of making you jealous. Exactly. Which oh, God. So, okay. All right. Well, you just need to keep your space to keep your yeah. peace and keep your safety, obviously, if it turns mm-hmm. ugly. Because you were saying he sh- he shows up random places, mm-hmm. you said, to, in your life too, right? Well, just my home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but still. But yeah, like, that's the worst. So. What do your parents say? You live with your family, right? Yeah. Um... Well, my mom really likes him, which is annoying. Oh, God. Yeah, it's so annoying. But, I mean, <laughs> after all of this that's happened, like, she kind of sides with me, finally. Yeah. Um, she Because he probably manipulates manipulates your mother as oh, well. Oh, 100%. Yeah, putting on his charm and can oh, just yeah. imagine. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. seen it. It's cringy. 
All right. So that's bad. Okay. So Brett, um, we need to keep Brett at bay. That's the yes. lesson there. All right. Let's talk about guy number two. Okay. Who guy was, number two. Okay. What do you yeah. want to name him? You can name him. You name him. I'm bad at this. Pick just any <laughs> random call, name. Can we call him Mike? Mike? Oh, that's my dad's name. Okay. We won't call him <laughs> Mike. Okay. Never mind. Mike. No. Okay. Um, um, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Let's, just let's say ben. call him Ben. Ben? Okay. I guess, All right. yeah. It's All right, no, that's short, fine. Short okay. and sweet. Brett, whatever. Ben, and we'll come up with another B name for another, the other guy. Yeah, okay. okay. All right, so go ahead. I met, I met him last year at school. Okay. Um, He was now like- Now where? Like at a party or like through friends through or friends. what? friends. And okay. we used to have parties at my house. So mm-hmm. he would, mm-hmm. he would, he would come to those. Um, mm-hmm. But he was the type that he was like a completely different person when I first met him. And then slowly as we got into like talking and stuff and like hanging out more, he became like this like narcissist, you know? What was he like when you first met him? He was very into what I was doing. He would always ask me questions about, you know, my internship at the time, my Mm -hmm. classes, like what I wanted to do, um, what I like to do in my free time, like just, you know, like normal stuff like that. He was very interested in all about you. Is all about you, yeah, sort but of he thing. Wasn't, he wasn't. That's like actually. the love bomb. They call that the love bombing phase of narcissism. Okay. Yeah, when they yeah. they're all about you, they're kind of like hooking you in, right? Okay, okay. that's exactly right. what he was doing. And how long did that go on for? Would you say? Well, went on for a very long time. I feel like the the nice part went on for maybe like three weeks. It's not a very long time. Which that's not a long time. But no, I it's not. But it, but I hear you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I so kept what him in was my it? Life. Let me ask you this, Liz. Did you not that you did anything to warrant any of his behavior, but did you do something like say he showed like an ugly side and you stuck up for yourself or you weren't willing to go along with something like what if you recall is there something that that made him flip the switch or is it that just some random day woke up and he was a different person no curious he he flipped the switch because he got what he wanted from me Mm -hmm. and i knew you were hooked on like a fish yeah yeah exactly so that's what they do when they you know they are secure. They feel secure, which they're, which I mean, they're always insecure. But when they feel insecure with you, mm-hmm. they just stop trying and stop being nice. Mm-hmm. So that's exactly what he did. And because I liked him now, I just put up with it and I made excuses because I'm always looking for the good in people. So, right. And you I, remembered what he was like before. So you're all mm-hmm. hoping that that person is going to resurface. But exactly. the, fa- the truth of the matter is that person never really existed. It was a facade, like smoke and mirrors and like a, a mask that they were wearing. And really can't it sometimes comes back on, but it comes back off just as fast because yeah. it's once it's off, it's usually off. Yeah. And I knew it was a show because I mean, recently like the last semester we didn't really speak anymore but he was in my friend group of course so I would I would still go out with him to the bars and like I would see him doing it to other girls like I would see him putting on the whole facade like charm yeah Yeah. to other girls and I would just sit there and laugh and be like oh my gosh like I was so dumb you know yeah so when he was nasty or when he became narcissistic like full Mm -hmm. on what were some of the things he would do and like how long did that go on and can you tell us a little bit about that it went on for probably six months 
Wow, it's a long time. She's okay. a long time. What's and he wasn't your fault. he wasn't your boyfriend though, right? No. Mm-mm. Okay. No. But, I don't but you know. wanted him to be. Yeah. And Can you tell I, us a little bit about that? Like, why yeah. would he commit to you? What was his like? He reasoning? told me he didn't want a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, just because guys at that age, like when you're going, when you're in your senior year of college, you don't really like guys aren't looking for a relationship and like mm-hmm. some girls That's aren't understandable some girls her- aren't either like girls mm-hmm. are kind of like the same mm-hmm. way um i wasn't i remember i, wasn't my, I broke up with my boyfriend my senior year because i was like i just want to focus on my career right and i yeah. didn't i didn't know what the future held and i didn't want to be held back yeah yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. so yeah he just he he always wanted my attention when i wasn't giving it to him but then when i would cave in and give him attention he would just like toss me off to the side and just like be you know mean or whatever um he that make that must have made you feel bad yeah it did um he there was one night i told him i wanted to help him because i knew he struggled with stuff like mentally and he was like no you're too good for me you deserve the best i can't be the best um, you know, all do that stuff. Do you think he meant that or do you think that was an excuse for him? Although I don't I know why think... he wouldn't take your help because it's not like it had a string attached to it. Or maybe but in like, his mind he thought it did, perhaps. People like that don't want help. Yeah. They just want they want they want praise and attention, but they don't actually want help. Yeah. They don't want to help themselves. Yeah. Um, but I think it was like he he is insecure. So that was an insecurity. I mean I have my life together and he might not. So he probably did feel like I could do better. And he was just, that was just all coming out that night. And also I think he was using it as an excuse because he just didn't want to commit to me. And he knew I wanted to commit to him. And I think that made him feel even more insecure that he couldn't do it. So it was just, that could be a lot of things. That, that, that's good yeah. insight. Definitely. Okay. Let's yeah. get on to guy number three and we're going to call him Blake. Talk to Blake. me. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, Blake have happened like when I first got to school. Okay. Um, to college. Okay. He was actually from my hometown. Then and he was him. going to, he was going to Delaware too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then we ended up living in the same dorm, which was you know were you friends with him in your hometown like did you know him before school i met him through guy number one (laughs) i met him through what do you call him brett yeah brett yeah brett the gift that keeps on giving yeah yeah still to this day yeah so i met him through brett okay um we started hanging out right before we went to college um he was really nice in the at the beginning of course and then, you know, the same thing as guy number two, kind of like that kind of went away after a couple months, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was he was snobby, right? This he guy? was very snobby. All right, talk, talk to us a little bit about that. What was very that like? Very snobby. He came, well, he comes from a lot of money, which is great. Good for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of used that as his whole ego because mm-hmm. he was very insecure about himself um for a number of reasons like you know physically and whatever Mm -hmm. um so he used his money to kind of like you know boost himself and make himself feel better and it was so easy to tell like I don't know how I didn't see that at the beginning and kind of like steer clear of it but 
I was young, I guess. So I, I didn't see it. Well, you'll live but, and you'll learn, right? I mean, and yeah. now you have these experiences under your belt for good or bad. I mean, for oh, yeah. better or for worse, it's giving you like insight and experience so that you have more information to carry through when you make choices with new partners, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah, that definitely carried. That's why like now when I talk to guys and they mention that, you know, oh, like my parents, you know, we, well, not saying we come from money, but kind of hinting at it. Yeah. I kind of like, I think it's such a my guard off. off a little bit. Yeah. No, I, the, the first thing I'm like, you're disgusting. I, yeah. I mean, guy, like, to me, they're like, oh, I drive this car and oh, I have the these cars. properties. And because I'm obviously older than you. So they're like, yeah. you know, their level is not so much about the parents anymore. It's about what they, their possession. But I'm like, I don't care. Like, I just, yeah. I don't, I didn't mean, that's all icing. And that's awesome if that's there, but it's so not what's important in life. And if that's all you have to bring to the table, you're like pathetic, I think. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, it was pathetic that he he didn't even work. Like he never had a part-time job. Like I started working when I was like 16. Me too. I was a lifeguard when I was 15. Yeah. 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 Oh, I always wanted to be a lifeguard. (laughs) I was like my dream job. I worked at Deerbrook. Do you remember Deerbrook Swim Club? Oh my God. I went to Deerbrook. Oh no, it was the cool pool to go to. You you were I was a lifeguard and I twirled my whistle on the sand with my red bathing suit and said guard. I was cool. (laughs) You were so cool. I always like looked up to the the Deerbrook lifeguards. I was like, oh my god, they're so cool. Yeah, was, yeah, that's crazy. That was me. Um, but yeah, this guy never, none of that, never worked. I, I don't think he's even working now. We graduated. I don't, I don't know if he is even doing anything. But probably whatever. not. He anyway. sounds like a spoiled, lazy bum. He's a spoiled brat. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Well, you're definitely yeah. better off. So what? So what are your take homes? What What are some of the um, lessons? Not to put you on the spot, but yeah. you can offer to um, our our listeners who some of them are obviously your generation mm-hmm. and sort of in the yeah. same proverbial boat, if you will. What are some of like five things that you can offer to us, um, the listeners, that in terms of what you've learned from these experiences when you're dating? Yeah, well, I can definitely share some, I mean, red flags with, mm-hmm. that I've learned from these guys. I mean, if they if they don't have a lot of friends mm. or and if they don't, if they can't keep friends. Because you said they, they all keep sort of didn't have friends, right? All three of these guys? Yeah, ne- never like a close friend from childhood or anything. Like couldn't really keep friends like that. Mm-hmm. That's a red flag. Why do you like, think that's a red flag? I'm curious. Well, because they can't keep a relate any sort of relationship yeah at all yeah so definitely steer clear of that okay um also if your good friends don't like them mm-hmm. like if your good friends don't like the guy like mm-hmm. hate him then that's a red flag because <laughs> yeah. that happened to me now two t- twice i think yeah number two and number three my friends did not like because they can all, see so. through things that you may not be able to see through and they obviously have like a lot of like um care for your well-beings to yeah. say the least so yeah okay but i yeah, feel like so when people that. tell you that that makes me gravitate more toward the person they don't like like if you know but yeah, oh, yeah. it's good to keep it in mind for sure yeah okay. and if they if they tell you that they are you know afraid of commitment um i don't want the whole like i don't want a relationship thing Mm -hmm. and also you know the whole like you're too good for me Mm -hmm. that's probably the number one Mm -hmm. if they say you're too good for me that's like goodbye run 
yeah. from that. Because either they're That's... acknowledging you are and you probably are, or they're just weak and pathetic and yeah, yeah. yeah. That's pro- I've I've heard that so many times, and and I've it heard has it too. never ended, it has well. never ended well. And so <laughs> yeah, that, same. yeah. So if anything, if they tell you I don't deserve you, then just run. Mm-hmm. That's probably my biggest advice. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's your yeah, fifth? So you five? One more? Five. My fifth. Um, if they are unemotional, if they don't show emotion at all, if they're just emotionally unavailable, don't try to make them emotionally available because you're not going to fix them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, don't keep offering help if they don't want help. Good information. Yeah. You can see that on one of my Pepperdine classes. You're doing great. I should. I should. That would probably be good for me. No, no I meant like because you're, you're very knowledgeable. Not, oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, very good. All right, so here's the burning question of all. What do you like most about working at MB and Associates? Oh, my gosh. What do I like most? Hmm. Oh, my God. You have to think about it. Well, there's so many things. Oh, all right, name them all. Do I have to no, pick just one? Kidding. No, pick like um, maybe two or three. You don't have to pick. Two or three. Okay. And you don't, have, really to, you like... don't have to mention me. I know I'm like the best boss ever, but I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, the people are very nice. I feel very comfortable. Usually it takes me a, a while to like get comfortable with the people that I work with. But mm-hmm. um, here, I, I feel like I warmed up with, with everyone in the span of like a few days, which is crazy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, very uncommon for me, but that's – but that means that – That's great. A, that makes me happy because it means the culture yeah. is strong here. So that's good. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like you, just you personally, are very very towards like – what's it called? Like you're – you care about our mental health. <laughs> yeah. Which is good. I do. And you always want to help, which is a good thing. Oh, thank you. Because I've had bosses that like are totally like not empathetic at all. So, well, considering I wrote a book about it, I hope yeah. I'm that way. No, but that makes me happy because I really do care about everybody. I oh, mean, yeah. I generally care about everybody here, but I also want everybody to feel comfortable, do their best mm-hmm. job for our clients. But if you can't, if you're not feeling your best self, then you're not going to perform to your best ability either. So it's yeah. like a circle effect. All right, one more thing. One more yeah, thing. Yeah, one more thing. Um, I like, I, I, I guess this is me personally, maybe, uh, but I like that, like, this job, I didn't necessarily go to school to be in PR, but mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot and I'm learning that I really like it. Good. And I think because, like, you're good at like teaching me how to do things can like just constructive criticism that isn't like yelling at me telling me that I'm like doing this wrong this wrong this wrong like Mm -hmm. so I feel like because I'm learning that way I'm starting to like the job itself because I went to school to be a writer just strictly like a writer but this is a lot of that I mean what are you saying yeah yeah. but I understand some of it yeah yeah but yeah I like how I'm learning how to you know like build relationships with people Mm -hmm. you know and that's, I mean, that all starts in the office, like building relationships with your coworkers. Mm-hmm. That's like the first step. So then now I get to do it with people in the PR world. Yeah, so, clients and media. It's fun. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Well, we're happy to yeah. have you. You're doing a great job. Yeah. And 
I appreciate you being a good sport about being on the show and sharing all of your information because it was sounded so dicey and juicy when we were talking uh, by literally by the water cooler. Love, love to share. Yeah. yeah. Well, love yeah. to share with anyone who can learn from my mistakes. And yeah, we the all make them. Horrible men the that I've with. Spread yeah. the wealth so that others can learn and sort of avoid maybe some of the heartache and likewise exactly. the trickle yeah. down effect. So. All right, Miss Liz, thank you. All right. All right now go back you. to work. Go back yeah. to work. I'm just have kidding. so many things to do. Yeah. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to The Race for the Ring. Today's episode was produced by Lori Verbinski and edited by Danielle Gordon. I appreciate your ear and insight. And if you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast. Be sure to check out my latest book, too. You don't need to be a bitch to be a boss. It's on Amazon and available anywhere books are sold. And be sure to say hi to me on Instagram. I'm at Mindy.Barnett. See you next week. Bye-bye.